Hello, 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 and welcome to the Salon Owner School podcast on our final episode of 2021. Professor Jess and Christine, a powerhouse leader at Deviate Salon, are breaking down the three commitments to being an authentic leader. We're wishing everyone a happy holiday, and we'll see y'all in 2022. I really wanted to take a day to do this topic because as we know leadership can be one of the hardest things that really we can accomplish in the salon and it's something that we're always growing to make better make ourselves better as leaders within the salon and really just to help to continue cultivating our culture and to mold it into what we really want it to be and not to fall victim to any excuses or any person really that wants to come into the salon that maybe does not agree or gets on the same level as where you and your team is at. So we're gonna try to keep this 20 to 30 minutes, but I'm not really good at that. Um, so we'll see how this goes. But so again, I have Christine up here. She is from Deviate Salon. If you wanna say hi, Christine, she is the CEO and she is one of the students in our course, Rich Life CEO. Good morning, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. I am. Leadership is such a dear spot in my heart. And honestly, to a lot of what Jessica said, I feel like it's just such a, it's a lifelong journey. Um, but, and it's not the easiest thing in the world, but it most certainly is one of the most rewarding things. Um, so anything that's going to help drive focus and overall intention around that is like so dear to me. So super excited to share that. Thank you. I'm awesome. It's awesome to have you here. So there's three things really that come to my mind when I think about being a leader and what type of leadership skills I want to be able to give to my team. And again, this is something that we are always, always, always working on to be better at and to really reinvent yourself constantly to be able to stay up to par and be able to really bring what is best for your team, whether that's the good or the ugly, because sometimes they need to see all sides of us. So when I think about what type of leader I really want to be, there's really two type of leaders out there that you can be. And that's either a to me leader or a by me leader. So somebody that is a to me leader you are the person that might be a victim in every single circumstance, right? Because it's always happening to you. You might tend to blame or complain. And it's always, always, always inevitably somebody else's fault. And somebody else is the one that really should fix that, right? And you might ask yourself, why me? Whose fault is this? Because of course it's not mine, right? That would be the type of person that would lead as a to me leader because it's happening to you. You're not the one that is owning anything. All the circumstances that are happening around you that may not be flowing the way you really want them to be are is happening to you, right? And I think that when I say that, it's like you may not always live in that to me type of leadership. We want to obviously be more of a by me leader, which is more of a creator and you convey appreciation for your team. There's problems there that you know that you created and that you are going to learn from. Something that we use in our course, Rich Life CEO, is called the model. 
And it's really how to shift your thinking from any circumstance that happens to you. So this is something that a by me leader can really shift in their mind when they are having a circumstance happen to them. It's like, okay, this is by me or it's happening to me. Which type of leader do you want to be? And then you can ask yourself, like, what can I learn from this? Like, what can I create? That's what a by me leader would do because we get to instead of we have to. So as leaders in this industry, and I, I honestly catch myself saying this a lot and I'm really trying hard to work on it is I'm like, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. And it's like, no, 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 no. I get to do this. I get to do that. I get to be the type of leader that my team deserves. Right. And so this is where in every single moment you're either acting as a to me leader or a by me leader and it's up to us to decide which type of leadership we want to be able to sit in in that moment and sometimes we fall victim and we become that to me leader and we sit there and think to ourselves like why is this happening to me this is not my fault whose fault is this right it's super super easy to put blame on somebody else because naturally that's what we want to do because we don't always love to own it right so whenever something goes maybe south or we have a little bit of a hiccup in the salon i always try to sit back and think to myself okay this happened by me what is it that I could have done that might have been differently to have a different result? How can we learn from this? How can we grow from this? And then being able to speak that to your team and to let them know that, hey, I recognize that this happened and I, I want to be able to fix it. I'm going to use this circumstance as a learning opportunity to really shift my thinking so I can show up better for you guys. And so we can make sure that this might not ever happen again. Christine, do you have anything that you want to add to that when you're thinking about being a to me leader versus a by me leader? I would just say the biggest thing for me when it comes to the by me leader, it's that acceptance of failure being okay. Um, and it's not, it's a daily practice. Like there are definitely days where, like you said, you fall victim to the to me side whether that be in all facets or just a singular one, but, and it just takes the moment of stepping back and being aware of what is going on to where you really can shift that back to, okay, where can I pause and shift to the by me leader? And it's okay if something dropped or if there was some failure experienced and um, let's learn from it and grow from it. And it's an outstanding, the amount of growth, that you see from it, but it's not the easiest thing in the world, um, but it is okay. And you have to give yourself grace to know that that failure is going to happen. It's what you choose to do with it and grow with it. That is the big difference in my opinion. For sure. I always felt like for a while there that I always had to be right. I, not that I was trying to be right, but because you know that you have a team of people that are looking up to you that I felt like I couldn't ever be wrong because I didn't want to ever let them down, right? Like I felt like I always had to be on top of my game. I always had to do things to perfection, show up my best, per like the best version of myself, just be everything that I could potentially be for my team because I wouldn't want them to see me fail. Like I wanted them to know that I had their back and that I was going to do whatever it took to get there and that I was going to just win at every given moment. And 
saying that out loud, it's like, it's really silly because it's just not feasible. And I think what really helps to actually build us as leaders within our companies is for them to see us fail, for them to see that we are a person, that we're going to make mistakes, but it's what we do with that and how we become a by me leader by being able to take that opportunity to create and to problem solve and just be able to look at it and be like, okay, I get to fix this. How am I going to fix this? How are we going to fix this? Because there is something super powerful behind if something goes wrong in the salon or whatever it might be, something happens and you can own that that problem occurred because of a step or direction that you took as a leader and it did not go the way that you hoped it would to be able to then say to your team guys i need your help i need your help like how can we fix this together because then that allows your team to rise to a different level of their selves and to be able to be like wow like she wants or he wants me to be able to help fix this problem that they actually created right? It just helps to build that trust and that respect and that rapport with your team, because that is what is going to help every single person in your company grow. Do you have anything else to add to that, Christine, before I go to my second commitment? I would just say, um, I would, you kind of nailed it, but that by me leader, like it's not all about like, you have to be the solution to everything by any means. Um, but it, because it drives collaboration with the team. So you don't have to feel like it's not to sit there and feel alone necessarily, um, but you can drive and facilitate so much more collaboration and autonomy with the team, um, which as you said, Jessica, going into the trust side of things is huge. That how much trust that can build in such little time is outstanding. Um, so really driving that collaboration is huge and being able to really move forward in an efficient manner when things, if things ever do go south um, or a challenge arises and whatnot. So um, that collaboration piece is what I just wanted to speak on. For sure. Thank you. And uh, Professor Rachel, I mean, no pressure at all, but if at any moment you want to come up here, by all means, ma'am, because I would love to have your input on leadership as well. Um, Professor Rachel that is on here, she is Professor Heathers, CEO of Neatbeat, and she is an amazing leader herself. So just throwing that out there, but no pressure, Rach, at all. Uh, so the next one really that I want to go over is taking radical responsibility. And this kind of really correlates to being that to me, or I'm sorry, by me leader, right? So being able to take full responsibility is where transformation happens. But here's the thing. You don't just want to say like, oh, I made that mistake, like I messed up and always blaming yourself, right? You don't want to just take the blame constantly just so everybody goes, oh, okay, like we're good. And then not be able to take that next step and to say, okay, I'm taking responsibility, but let's figure out how we can fix this. Instead of just taking blame and moving on and swiping it under the rug, you really want to be able to say, I take full responsibility. Let's go ahead and look at this and see how we can shift it or how this cannot happen again. Because really living in this state of blame or shame or guilt really comes from a place of toxic 
fear, right? It really, really does. And so there's, it doesn't look good for your team if you always blame yourself. It's easier to be able to be like, I take responsibility for this because the way that I set this up or how this was supposed to roll out, something didn't pan out that the result we got was not what we set out to achieve. So let's look at it and see in this line of whatever XYZ that you had to go through to get to a certain result, where could we shift things, right? Because if you're teaching your team to sit in the state of blame, it's not good for them either. We need to be able to cultivate people who come to us with solutions, to be able to take responsibility, but follow through with a solution as well. So really it's like radical responsibility means that we're able to identify the cause, we're able to own it, and we vocalize where we can shift. What did we learn? How can we grow from this? And being able to encourage others to take responsibility because this is going to help cultivate other leaders in your company to do this. I don't know how many of you guys being business owners have some sort of leadership team, but when you allow your team and create a space for your team that they feel comfortable enough to be able to take responsibility for something and there's not going to be this awful repercussion for it or they're not going to feel awful when doing it, they're able to take that radical responsibility and then be able to have their team wrap their arms around them and be like, it's cool, we got this, let's fix this together. There's something so powerful to that and we get to live it and your team has to see it from you. We need to commit to supporting others to be able to take full responsibility for their lives and that starts with us. We're not going to just sit here and blame ourselves. We're going to be able to take radical responsibility for something and be able to learn and grow from it as well. Christine. Yeah, I would say um, additionally with that is by taking that radical responsibility, you like you are being super vulnerable and we need to be extremely vulnerable as leaders. Um, but when you pair that with the action, alongside vulnerability, you get serious inspiration. And that is where you have so much power of the team and, and your, the people in which you're leading, taking charge and finding the encouragement within themselves even to move forward um, in such a powerful way and to take responsibility themselves, that it really does come. I'm such a advocate of leading by action because you can speak all day long, um, but until it's seen, you are the one doing it, it doesn't really make a big difference. With a team, it would be, it's a temporary fix um, more than anything. But when you are open, vulnerable, transparent, and willing to take that responsibility on in such a radical form, you will innately inspire the team to do so the same. And you then cultivate a team of leaders that is almost unstoppable. Um, at a certain point, which is kind of the end goal. Yes, for sure. It makes me think in our salon. Oh, yeah, Rachel's coming up. Yeah, baby. Um, okay. In our salon, we... Hold 
Did I get you there? Okay. We um, do evaluations every single month and my team evaluates themselves, but then also I have them evaluate our leadership team myself every single quarter. And oh my gosh, the transformation that has been able to come from them being able to evaluate me and then watch me take responsibility for the feedback that they gave me has been a game changer because you guys, there's been times where women on my team, because we are a team of all women, we have had girls that come to tell me something as they're evaluating me and they have tears in their eyes because they're so nervous. And it's not because at first I, I would sit there and think to myself like, oh my God, I have them so scared to tell me something that they feel like I could use growth in that they're almost in tears. But then what I realized is it's not me that was necessarily intimidating to them. It was that they've never been in an environment where they were allowed to have a voice and where it was okay to use their voice to be able to say, hey, I noticed this one thing about you and I care about you so damn much that I wanna tell you because I know it will help all of us if you can take responsibility for this one action that I see happen in the salon or outside the salon, whatever it is, I really see this about you and I want to help grow you. And when they've been able to do that and then they see the result of it, we sit there and we laugh about it now. But there's a very vulnerable moment when you are with your team and you allow them to speak candidly, which is our third, but I'm going to let Rach talk before I go into that. Um, but when you let them speak candidly and then you take responsibility. You don't get defensive. You acknowledge and you ask questions. You don't defend. You don't explain. You just truly and authentically listen. And then they need to see the results come from that as well. Okay, I'm going to pause because I'm excited to hear what Professor Rachel has. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay, this is the first time I've ever talked on here. So I'm like, how do I do I'm this? I'm so proud of you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, first off, I'm excited to even join in with you guys, but gosh, this is literally one of my favorite topics in the world. Um, and it's really centered around the culture that you create for your salon and your team. And um, going off the first point, like everything happening um, either to me or through me, I just... I'm such a believer in we are the authors of the environment that we're in. And that is as simple as the vibes that you put out the second you walk into your space with your team, the energy that's there, and then through the example that you set. So uh, I love that you dabbled into your team evaluating you. That's something that we do here as well. And there is something so beautiful, whether it's, you know, a sit down evaluation or you just have an open door policy or you make a conscious effort to be out on the floor with your team at random portions throughout the week, whatever it looks like for you, creating space to be present, like authentically present with your team. Um, 
it, it starts to build up and encourage the leadership that's in each one of your teammates, which is really, really cool. But our team, uh, they now look so forward to the opportunity to be able to not only better me as a, as their leader, but just better our space. And they know that they are making a contribution to the future. So I think really realizing that vulnerability is like the best characteristic of a leader. And I know that there's this ideal out there that we have to be strong all the time. And like Jess said, like know all the answers and, um, we're all definitely operating from our survival context, which is like wanting to be liked, wanting to be in control, wanting to feel safe, whatever that may be. Um, but when we can step outside of that and just lead vulnerably, be afraid or not be afraid to mess up and, uh, you know, be human around our team and create a safe space for them to be human as well. It, it creates a really, really cool ripple effect of people who become self-starters, their own leaders. And then before you know it, because I'm sure all of us here want to be able to have a time where we can step away from the salon and trust that things are running just as smoothly as it would when you were in the building. So knowing that that happens now, each and every one of my girls, whether they're they've been here for a week or they've been here for seven years. I trust them all equally to lead each other. And that's a really, really cool place to be in. I loved when um, Professor Rachel, she a while back actually reached out to people that were on her team that are no longer with the company. It just made me think about this, Rach. And um, reached out to them and just really wanted to check in with them, see how they were doing and ask them like, for some feedback. Um, and I think that was something that was super powerful as a leader, because most of us would just like to kind of wipe our hands of anybody that is no longer within our company and just kind of slide that under the rug or pretend like it never happened most of the time. Right. Because whether it was somebody leaving on, you know, I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't say if it was somebody leaving on good terms, but if it was somebody that kind of parted ways because you didn't see the same views or you didn't have the same views, whatever it might be, you know, it's, it's very easy to just kind of swipe that under the rug, but she took it upon herself to reach out to them. And so she could really learn from that to be like, okay, what is it while you were here? Because when they're not there anymore, especially they're probably going to speak a little bit more candidly and being candor is really being in a state of all thoughts and feelings and sensations while you are able to be honest and open in an aware way, right? And being able to sit in that and really just be an awareness of what that other person is saying to you and not just listening to listen, but actually listening with your heart. And really it's like when you're able to choose candor, it will help you to increase leaders, including yourself. So your leadership team and the rest of your team can see reality way more clearly. And in the end, this can lead to solutions, kind of like we talked about earlier, because when you are able to take responsibility, you are able to lead in, a, in such a way of a by me leader, and you are able to speak candidly to your team, but then you also allow your team to speak candidly to you, 
it's really going to help to elevate your whole leadership team and just the overall vibe of the salon. Like that's what you really want to, to have. Is it always going to be perfect? No, right? It's how we deliver that message um, because you can speak candidly, but you obviously want to do it from the heart um, and not just shout out and say something to somebody and just speak your mind and do it in a way that you are essentially hurting somebody's feelings. You want to be able to come to them with love and care and be able to say, Hey, I really want to tell you this because I just care so much about you. And this is really hard for me to say. And and that's something that professor Rachel always tells her students too. I've heard her say that multiple times, like, it's okay to be like, this is really hard for me to say this to you right now, right? Like I talked about in our evaluations, my girls have looked at me and they have tears in their eyes. I'm like, don't cry. <laughs> Just tell me. Just tell me. And you know, what happened from that, allowing my team to be able to evaluate me, at the time we had really had a two-person leadership team myself and then what we call our front leader who runs our guest happiness team at the desk and i had one girl during an evaluation that since i allow my team to speak candidly she told me she felt like i had too much control over everything like i had to have control over everything and when i listened to her authentically and in an open and aware way, it made me realize that I don't want to ever feel like I'm pushing tasks or responsibilities off to somebody else. So I just do it myself because I feel too guilty asking somebody else to help me because I don't want to take away from their time or their family time or their, you know, shift their mind from being behind the chair to doing some sort of task in the salon to help me. And what that message conveyed to my team was I had to take control. I needed control. And from that moment of her speaking candidly and then me being able to take radical responsibility, what actually developed from it was adding her and another girl to my leadership team because that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to be able to help. And I joked with her, I'm like, you may regret this decision now. <laughs> you totally may regret this decision, but I'm here for it. And I love the fact that you guys can tell me these things and we actually create a solution from it because that's what it's really all about. And being able to choose to reveal versus withdraw. So when she told me that I could have easily withdrawn from the situation and got frustrated and been like, okay, you really think I'm a control freak? Like, thank you very much. Like, no, I, it's just because I care about you guys and kind of go in that defend and explain mode. But instead I acknowledge what she said and I asked her questions. Are you willing to give me time to be on this leadership team? Are you willing to be able to create time maybe at home a little bit to get some tasks done if I give you guys responsibility? Right. And being able to have that conversation and not withdraw when we choose reveal, we're building trust and trust really is the core to showing real love where control can show fear for your team. And then just really being able to be a conscious listener. You know, it's the most important thing about speaking candidly is being able to listen to the content, listen to the emotion behind it acknowledge that they might have tears in your eyes, 
as they're, you know, trying to talk to you or tell you something because there is emotion behind it. And there's a basic desire that someone in your team is just trying to express to you. They want to be able to help you. Christina, Rachel, do you guys have anything else to add to that? You nailed it with that. I really, I mean, it's just such a powerful way of connecting with the team um, and really does provide such a high level of transformation. And you see your example of that with pulling the two leaders to the team is remarkable because it really, to ask for help, I know even myself, like as a leader, that's where you can get like a little bit tripped up thinking that you have to take responsibility for everything, meaning you have to do everything. And that is not the case. Um, and it really does. It comes down to that fear element being the driver behind it. And um, really, you want to take responsibility for what is taking place and being able to go into that by me leader mindset but pulling in the team to being just such a, um, th that collaboration piece, pulling it into where you can have those open conversations and then to have them join in as the leadership team is outstanding. It's like that just gives you the basics of so much trust that is built on from that point forward. So I, I absolutely love what you said. For sure. And I mean, these girls, like one of the girls that I pulled my leadership team, she's, this is her first full year behind the chair, but she has that trust and she has those leadership skills within her that we can build on. So when you think about people within your company that maybe you can pull in to be able to have on your leadership team and teach them how to grow as a leader, it does not always have to be somebody that is a baller behind the chair and raking in dollar bills y'all for you like it I mean this girl is too so it's pretty it's a pretty win-win situation right but it doesn't need to be somebody that's been in the business for 13 years or 15 years right it can be somebody new and that's what the beauty of it is being able to develop them um as a quote-unquote young age in this industry Rachel do you have anything else to add that before we hop off for today yeah, piggybacking off of what you just said, it's leadership is definitely not a one size fits all. It's not at all. And this is where we get to, as leaders, create that time to get to know our people. I cannot tell you how many teams I've worked with that, like, in all honesty, the, the owners didn't know their team. Like they didn't know the details and the desires of the people that worked for them. And that's definitely a step that we miss most of the time as leaders. And so definitely encouraging all of us on here today and anyone that I come across to make the time. There is always time. You just choose not to make it. So making the time in your weekly schedule, whether that's you know, 10 really intentional minutes with an individual or whatever that may look like, especially new people coming onto your team where you get to know them and you get to see their strengths that they organically have. And then you know what you get to build upon. And then before you know it, you have people sitting in the right seat because you've taken the time to really cultivate and, and bring that out of them. So it's a win-win all the way around for them because they're fulfilled and they feel everybody has a desire and a want to be 
needed. We all do. It's a, it's a human thing. And uh, when someone seeks that out and really, you know, uplifts your strengths, it, it creates fulfillment, which again, helps with retention of staff, which is something that I know we all struggle with from time to time. So uh, it helps us in that area. And then it also, it, it helps the team because we have people that are sitting in the seats that are their strengths and, and it really makes us a long go round. So it's one thing that I really love is taking time to get to know new people. Um, when they come on, we definitely try our hardest to either take them to a coffee date or take them to dinner or, um, you know, block off 30 minutes here or there in their first couple of weeks just to meet with them and get to know them so that we can build them up. So I highly encourage that. I couldn't unpause myself. That was really, really good. And it is so true. Like when you, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be where people are literally asking <laughs> to be able to help and asking to be on your leadership team. And it doesn't come from a place of just wanting monetary value, right? Like they're not just coming to you to be like, well, I, I could use some extra bucks. So I'm going to see if maybe I can join this leadership team because they're obviously going to compensate me from that. Like the girls that came to me that wanted to be leaders never even mentioned that. And that is just, of course, like I want to be able to give back to them in some sort of way and really fill their cup as well. But when you have people coming to that, like Rach said, that organically want to fill the shoes of their like genius, whatever it is that they are really good at, then allow it and just be like, okay, accept the help because that is being able to also take radical responsibility with your company and being able to let other people fill those shoes of you can't be everywhere and be that person in every single element of your life. So I hope this was helpful for you guys. Um, Christine, Rachel, do you guys have anything or anybody else um, that want, has any questions on leadership or has any comments that they would like to add? Um, please feel free to raise your hand. I would love to invite anybody up here to speak as well. Alrighty. Okay. So I hope you guys all have a great holiday. Again, we will be back in January and the topic again will be extreme ownership. And then also I wanted to just mention that we take all of our clubhouses and put them on a podcast on Spotify. So look for us on Spotify to be able to watch or listen to all the replays very easily on there as well. So have a great Monday, you guys, and a great holiday. We'll see you in January. Bye, guys.